0: Hey everybody! I want to welcome you to the Before You Quit podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard. And man, does it get hard sometimes. That is why we do on these podcast episodes. My name is Mitch Schultz, and I am your host. And I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Okay, here's what we got uh, on tap today uh, in this podcast. We're going to be looking at the challenges. Uh, and opportunities that happen when someone in ministry enters what many refer to as the second half season of life, or some refer to it as the the, the third season of life. Uh, many pastors, missionaries, ministry leaders find themselves in a really unique place, especially when they've had a couple decades under their belt. Um, I certainly went through this in my own life, and I know many people that I work with and talk to have as well. We're, we're asking different questions now than we might have been asking at the starting blocks of our uh, youthful ambition and, dare I say, passionate idealism. Uh, I sure was when I first started out, you know, we're going to change the world for Christ. Um, but what, what is it that brings about these new questions and why do they happen? And sometimes they happen because of a sense of failure, uh, we might find ourselves in a, in a different place because of family hardship. Uh, children who depended on us and were a great focus of our attention are now adults and less dependent on their parents. Um, and so that, that's what we want to talk about today. How do you navigate that uh, second half of, uh, of life? And it does, doesn't have to just be for those who are in vocational ministry. I think this podcast will be relevant to uh, to really anyone um, I have the privilege today of talking with, uh, about all this with Jamie Lewis, uh, an old friend of mine. We went to high school together, and we've reconnected in the last six months or so uh, after 40 years. And he personally knows what this multi-layer challenge is like of coming into that season of life and, and ministry. Jamie and his wife, Cindy, served in Indonesia as missionaries with Frontier Missions. Uh, it's also where Jamie grew up as a, as a missionary kid. They have three children and currently live in Southern California, where Jamie serves as a certified life coach. So uh, without any delay, I'm excited to introduce to you Jamie Lewis, let's jump into that conversation right now. All right, I have the privilege of talking to uh, an old friend and I don't mean old in the sense that you are old, Jamie, it's just that we go back a long ways. Uh, Jamie Lewis and uh, lives in Pasadena, California. Good morning. Oh, good morning to you, Mitch. It is early there, and I told you that uh, I could not have a conversation this early. It's 7 o'clock there, uh, 10 o'clock our time here, but uh, thanks for getting up and, and doing this podcast interview. Um, yeah, we, uh, we go back uh, high school, uh, went mm-hmm. to Duloc School uh, Malaysia. And so we graduated in 1980 and that's the last time I saw you. So Mm, about, uh, what was it about three months ago, we reconnected and just have had some great conversations.
1: Yes. Yes. It's been sweet. Thank you. Yeah. So it was was
0: exciting for me to see what you're doing. Um, and we'll, I'll ask you to, uh, kind of catch us, uh, catch me up and, and the listeners on, on your story. Uh, but we're titling this Facing the Second Half in Life, or uh, you have a ministry called Second Half Collaboration. So we'll we'll touch on that in just a little bit. That'll be mainly what we're going to talk about. But start out, t- just tell us briefly about yourself, your story. How did you end up doing what you're doing now? Sure. So um, I
1: am uh, an M.K. and uh, born and reared in Indonesia. Uh, youngest of five siblings. Uh, went to boarding schools, and that's uh, where I met uh, Mitch, boarding schools in Indonesia and then in uh, Malaysia. Uh, I went back to the States to go to Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. And um, that's where I met Cindy, who uh, later, we, we, uh, after college, we were married. And eventually, we, we went back to, I went back to Indonesia. It was first time for her to go. Um, and uh, we served there um, for 26 years. And now we're in uh, the U.S. since 2016. And um, I, I, I did a, some doctoral research on um, what I call relational Bible storying. And so I, I, I love to pay attention to stories. And so I'm a life coach. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I've
1: coached listening and drawing people out and listening to their stories um, so that they can grow uh, wholeheartedness and gain clarity on who they are and what God is calling them to and um, keep moving. So I do that especially because of my background for adult uh, TCKs third culture mm-hmm. kids and and then expat professionals or uh, most often mission workers and um so that's uh, what I do and then And the
0: uh, the mission group you're with was Frontier uh, yes. mi- Missions right yeah Yes Yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, I love to ask the question when I interview people, what drives them? Uh, what, what drives you? What's your passion? And, and also, uh, and this will probably launch us into this conversation. How is that different now than when you started ministry?
1: So what drives me? Um, well, actually, it's interesting because probably I would use that word drive when I was younger. And now I use words like what draws me, what invites mm, invites me, invites me, because I think that's more sustainable. And uh, um uh, what draws me and invites me is, is an an encounter with the love of God. So um just like like Jesus, you know, hearing that uh that pronouncement, you're my beloved son. So an encounter with the love of God. And um i think in my early years uh i think i would say now as i look back i would say i was motivated by by a cause which is it's a good thing causes are good things right mm-hmm. <laughs> but um <clears throat> then you know life hits us and and uh losses accumulate and and pains and uh, hard things happen and we realize there has to be something deeper and just the cause there has to be something uh, an encounter yeah with the love of God and from that place of encounter then the overflow from the overflow of that encounter I think we are most fruitful um in in our lives in ministry rather than from a uh, you know um uh, a, a cause that we don't really—we uh, may be—we may be listening to someone else's uh, voice, and then God is sweetly calling us to encounter more of Him, and from that place of overflow, uh, we're more fruitful and effective.
0: Yeah, I, lo- I love that, and I—I'm I'm thinking of the—I uh, forget where it is when Jesus uh, called the disciples, He called them to be with Him. I think that's the—the the phrase that's used in one of the Gospels. I love that distinction between drive and. And draw that—that's wonderful. And I—I I would venture that uh, anyone we would talk to that's been in ministry for, you know, a couple decades would say that that's been their story, mm-hmm. you know. And and it's really a distinction between what you do and from who you are. Uh, and I—I I think that becomes more uh, and and it comes out of hardship, you know. Uh, the, you and I have talked a lot about you know the things that we've gone through. Uh, in life, but also you know our upbringing as MKs, and we'll, we'll talk about that a uh, mm-hmm. little bit. Well, thanks for that. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, I often, uh, when I do talks about this, I'll, I'll uh, have a, a layout of questions that I was asking when I first went into ministry, <clears throat> and the questions are a lot different now. Yeah, uh, and we'll be talking about sustainability later, but that's, that's one of the things that, you know, what, what keeps us and, mm-hmm. uh, what drives us now is so different than before you, you had a turning point, um, that you, uh, I think in a video on your website, you share this and I thought it was powerful. You, you had a point when you were in Indonesia, uh, where you said, I'm not ready for the rest of my life. And that, mm-hmm. that came out of, uh, you know, a. Uh, obviously, a difficult time that you were going through and a lot mm-hmm. of uncertainty about the future. What, what was going on there and what, where did it eventually lead you? I, and I yeah. love that statement. I'm not ready for the rest of my life.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the story there just briefly, we were uh, already 18 years in ministry and um, a number of things were kind of coming to a, a like a perfect storm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um friends of ours were were leaving our city to, to move on to other ministry that God had called them to. It's just a natural, you know, part of, of life and ministry that happens. Um, our children were growing up and and one had already had been graduated from high school, another one was going to be graduating in a year. And so there's this uh oh, that'll this, do
0: it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then um, there were just pressures because we lived in a, a neighborhood where we were known as people of resource, and people would come to us where we were there in, in our in our city in West Java, and uh, request help from us because, especially in, in that month it, when when that happened, it was June, and they were trying to get their kids into school, and they just needed to have money on hand to 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 get their kids into school. So, um, after the third person had come one day, and I, I explained this in the video. Um, <clears throat> and i just i just retreated into my bedroom and i said cindy i'm not ready for the rest of my life i realized there was just something inside me that was deeply it was just it was stuck and um <clears throat> i think uh, later on as i as i reflected more on that i realized part of it too was my tck i upbringing where typically we we, we, um, we struggle with, uh, answering the questions, where, where, where do I belong? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who's my family? Where's, 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 where's home for me. And some of that was coming, coming up in my life, I think triggered by some of the changes and transitions my kids were going through, but then also those pressures in ministry. And, and, and so that's, uh, what led me to say that. And, uh, what I did was something uncharacteristic, uh, Mitch, uh, typically I, I like certainty and I'm not a very spontaneous kind of guy and so um, my, when my wife said let's go away let's go away for a whole month to the uh, to the neighboring island where my mom was and she was out she was gone at that point but she invited us to come and, and anytime and I said let's do it so a few weeks, a couple of weeks later, we left for a whole month, and I did nothing related to ministry for that whole month. Mm. <laughs> and, and I, it was just a way that, I mean, I, I, um, I swam. I, I brought my bicycle. I took an overnight trip on the island of Bali. It was so beautiful, and I think just the beauty, and the calmness, and watching the bees buzz around these. Uh, beautiful flowers. My mom had this uh, trellis with these flowers and it's like, I just mesmerized. (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. And so taking that time uh, to, to, to be away. And then uh, uh, and then when I came back to our city, I went to our our church service on that Sunday, uh, the next Sunday. and, And there was a guy that came up to me after the service. And he was a young guy that was with YWAM. I didn't know him that well, but he said to me, he says, I was watching you in the service. He said, I just appreciated you had a freedom and a joy mm, in mm. your worship and I, I just I thank you for that and I said, well thank you and he handed me a bulletin and he'd written on the bulletin Luke 3:22 the Lord is telling this to you I said thank you I took it home I opened my Bible and it's the baptism of Jesus. Mm. It's the pronouncement of the, of the father over Jesus. This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Mm. And, I, and I, just, I was amazed. I said, how could it be that this guy kno- knew that that was the message God was writing on my heart? Jamie, you are my beloved son, period. Mm. Before you do anything, remember that happened. The baptism of Jesus happened um, uh, before he did any public ministry. Yeah. Already, already there was a pronouncement. You are my beloved son period. And of course, then he did amazing things, right? But I think it flowed out of that, mm-hmm. uh, that encounter with the love of his heavenly father.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. So that that uh, question and then getting away to uh, ju- just take a deep breath gave you perspective. Did it also uh, create change and inevitably led to some change in what you were doing?
1: Um, you know, um, we still continued in some of, the, some of the same ministries, but I think um, I, I did it in a different way. My mm. wife, she said, "You know, Jamie, before I love to, mm. I love love to gain knowledge and information." So she said, "You know, Jamie, you became um, less of a scholar <laughs> mm. and more of a beloved son." Mm. So there was a change in how I viewed myself and uh, what I did in ministry. I also. Uh, came to a point where i realized i needed to have a regular rhythm of getting outdoors and i i took up my uh, riding on my bike mm-hmm. and just getting up on my bike above the city and looking out over the city was just so just so soul nurturing for me and being being alone, you know, that's that's a practice of, mm-hmm. of, of solitude, right? But then it's interesting. Whenever I go on a bike ride, there comes a point where I turn my bike around and, and to head home, and then the longing for community mm. is is stirs in my heart again. So solitude, actually, not isolation. I always tell young people: mm-hmm. I say, you don't mm-hmm. you want to cultivate the practice of solitude, but don't isolate. You don't want to isolate. That's not a that's not a good thing. Yeah, but that's, solitude, that's really when done good. well. I think nurtures in us a longing, then again, to be in community because mm-hmm. we want to double our joy. We want to share with others. Oh, you wouldn't believe what I encountered. Mm-hmm. You know, and we receive
0: yeah. From yeah. others too. Uh, that's beautiful. Um, stepping back from uh, the conversation a little bit, let's reflect on, mm-hmm. on the, the common background you and I have. We both grew up as missionary kids, MKs. We were sent to boarding school early on, uh, age six, I think you were as well. Yes. And then we went into full time vocational ministry. Uh, what are some of the, the challenges that, that MKs uniquely face? Uh, when it comes to this second season in life, which we'll, we'll define and talk about. But I think everybody knows what we're talking about. You know, you hit this mid-stride and everything yeah. looks, you know, you, you ask different questions, as we mentioned, and you, you view things differently. So what's unique to MKs there that you've observed?
1: Well, I referred to it uh, just a bit earlier. And for me, the, there were questions, you know, where do I belong? Where is home for me? And so this longing for belonging, and uh, you know uh, the the book that's referred to as the TCK Bible by Ruth Van Recken, Michael mm-hmm. Pollock, and David Pollock. It's called Third Culture Kids Growing Up, Growing Up Among Worlds. They say that the, the the key key issues that MKs face are, or that TCK third culture kids face are, um, uh, learning to to process their grief because of chronic cycles of separation and loss. Mm. And chronic se- uh, cycles of separation and loss. And um, another one is is forming and shaping their 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 uh, their identity. Because it's like they live among worlds, you know. Mm-hmm. So those are things that I faced as well. It's like, who, who am I? Where do I belong? Mm-hmm. I don't feel I belong completely in Indonesia. I'm not, i but I'm very comfortable here. I fluent in the language, but um I, I recognize too that when I'm back in the States, then I feel sort of like a fish out of water I don't feel quite like I fit in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh so so those were things especially for me because I also was in, involved in, in mission life and in my adult life that were accentuated. So those are some things faced uh, I think by MKs and then uh, uh when we suppress Mitch when we suppress our pain and we don't we don't t- and our grief and we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Crisis moments happen in our lives and you know how that happens in ministry and the stuff just f- floats it's up to the surface that we haven't dealt with and we don't know what, what, what is going on. And, and so um, uh, those are for me, some of the issues that kind of floated up to the surface and I had to, I had to process them in order to find healing.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and we, yeah. we talked about one, one conversation together that when we have kids, those things start to yes uh, hit you in, in a very, very unique way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, you know, I, I, have been freely sharing this with people, uh, that uh, about a year ago, I started seeing a counselor. And, and that was in large part because, you know, 22 years ago, my son died of cancer. My wife had gone through cancer and we had to come back from Europe because of it, where we were serving, uh, you know, as career international workers. And, and it's, been, it's been fascinating in the last year, just having permission to, you know, kind of review the impact uh, that the the trauma has had and and I, I mean your your description of chronic cycle of separation and loss is is, is very unique to to MK's uh, mm-hmm. so I would encourage people to uh, you know uh, talk as you said don't don't suppress the pain but uh, uh, talk about it um, and don't isolate yourself um, uh, so um yeah, there's there's so much we mentioned before recording. There's there's probably several different ways we can approach this conversation, mm-hmm. but let's let's talk about second half collaboration because mm-hmm. uh, that's a that's a term that you use to describe this season of life, but it's also the a ministry that you have. So so talk mm-hmm. about uh, what that is.
1: Sure. So the the second half collaborative, or we call it two HC second half collaborative. It's a um uh it's a something that, uh, three other guys and I, um, formed mm-hmm. and, uh, actually the initiative was from one of the other, uh, guys on the team and I was invited in. So I was very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, we've shaped this 10 uh, month, uh, online journey together in a cohort towards what we call spiritual formation, mission, life, integration, and friendship in the second half of life. And, um, So this is for uh, international workers. Yeah. Um, Mission workers. And uh, the learning is anchored around three. uh, It's all done virtually. It's pretty amazing what you Mm -hmm. can do effectively. Three virtual retreats. Each retreat has a, uh, uh, a day long retreat of silence and then um, weekly short uh, um, assignments or learnings and then monthly discussions in a small group. And, a meeting monthly with a spiritual director and a coach mm-hmm. to, to personalize and apply that learning. Um, and uh, so, so that's what the second half collaborative is about. And uh, wow, it's, um, it's such a, for me, as I've put together, you know, learning modules, it's been so amazing, so deeply shaping, and transformative for me and it has allowed me to reflect on things that are important and then put those into words and come up with ways that develop uh, learning tasks mm. to invite others to uh, listen better to, them, to their own hearts and then to God around certain themes related to the second half of life, flourishing and fruitfulness.
0: Can you think of some any examples of um, of situations where you've seen that really help someone where they, they move from, uh, you know, being stuck or hurting to to being in a healthy place
1: sure, sure, so I'm thinking of one person uh, 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 she's a, um, um, a a senior leader in an organization, and she she realized that she was suppressing some of her own deep desires and longings mm. in ministry, and all it took was just just this like in this case, a coaching conversation it didn't take long at all. And this, 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 it, this, this desire. And this is this is a God-given desire, but it was being suppressed because of you know, all other kinds of things that you have to do in ministry, right? And mm-hmm. suddenly, this person realized, oh, and I, I need to, I need to do this. And it was especially important because that person and uh, her husband are transitioning. Back to their to their home country soon, and and she recognizes this is a great opportunity for me to, to pursue some of these things that are God given desires placed in my heart that I've I've not paid attention to. Mm. So so there's there's a, another there's one example. Um, I think just friendship as well uh, around we uh, mo- those involved in this this collaborative art. We we never talk about all of our accomplishments in ministry.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: We connect. At the, at the level of friends, of friends yeah. you know, honest discussions. And we, have, we, we start uh, the whole collaborative with this group commitment where it says very clearly, you know, it's a page long of, of various commitments we make. We, we won't try to fix each other.
2: Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: We're here to listen to yeah. each other and support yeah. one another to respond faithfully to what God is saying to us. So, so those are some. some yeah, it's some tempting
0: ways. to not give advice. I mean, it's tempting to give advice, isn't it? Yes, uh, yes, it, yes, it <laughs> is. Yeah, uh, you you mentioned earlier that when you asked that, you know, the big question, I'm I'm not, or the statement, I'm not ready for the rest of my life. That that was coinciding with, uh, you know, your your kids, uh, you know, growing yes. up and becoming adults. What what have you noticed the, the role that uh, the workers, missionaries, pastors, or whoever. Uh, that their the life stage of their children or even needs or burdens that we have for our children. What role does that play in, in reaching kind of a crisis midway through our, our lives and ministry? Yes.
1: Well, for me, and I don't know how it would play out in, in, in the lives of others um, when our children were n- nearly adult and mm-hmm. newly adult, nearly adult and newly adult, suddenly um the 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 things that they were facing um triggered and i guess you could use that word triggered triggered mm-hmm. in me um well you know if there's unresolved grief uh over loss in my own life and then I'm seeing that transition and change is happening in the lives of my children, and then they are going through things that are difficult um There's this, there's this, like, oh my gosh, I want to help my kids. I want, I Mm want, I want to protect them. I want to protect them. But you realize you, you can't do that. You've got, you've got to parent in a different way, right? When they're adult, and you can't, you can't protect them anymore like you used to, uh, you know, and provide the 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 nurturing structure and the safe structure because they're out there in the quote in the world, so to speak. But of course, you come alongside. And uh, I think you learn that you need to, you need to identify your own stories. And those are sometimes the most impactful, right? For mm-hmm. kids, rather than mm-hmm. advice, yeah. they just see our lives. And then when the opportunities arise, we share a little story and they realize, oh my gosh, dad, you've gone through that too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so for me, yeah, definitely. Uh, that was a big um uh i guess you could say invitation from god to go deeper is when my own kids were nearly adult and newly adult
0: there's also the aspect of them not needing you as much and that has been your identity you know yeah. growing up i i joke and i'm really not joking when i say this but uh i'll i'll tell my kids that uh, or other people that i'm i've become irrelevant to my children <laughs> And that's yeah. not true. I I don't believe so. But it feels that way. You know yes. that they they don't need you as much anymore. They're carving out their own path and on their own journey. Uh, so that that creates a crisis as well, doesn't it? An identity crisis. Um,
1: yes, it does. And and I think uh, that that is part of what it means. That's an invitation from God to flourish and be fruitful in the second half of life, where we recognize: Are we content? Mm. simply to be with God, to be present with God. And yes, of course, he invites us to, um, uh, to, to touch the lives of others and impact the lives of others. But our sense of worth does not come from our capacity to do that, the work, right? Yeah, yeah. To be productive. And, and so then we realize that as well with our kids. And I think I've been learning this just in the last few months in a more deep way. Mitch. mm, mm where i'm learning my 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 fears and my anxieties for my children and their well-being i think i'm learning to 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 more regularly daily just release those release those and 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 say god i just want to be simple and childlike with you
0: yeah and and, and, and this is especially pronounced when uh, you know have we've given our lives to uh, to serve God, to be servants, yes. to be missionaries, obeying the great commission and, and we, we meet uh, uh, you know people like that whose children don't it, to follow that and that that's a heavy burden. You and I have talked yes. about that a good bit and I just reminder remind, or remind the, the those listening today I, my last podcast I interviewed, Ted and Margie trip on Mm. adult children and particularly when, when they're not walking with the Lord and this Mm -hmm. it's, it's a book called it's not too late.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Just remind people that they can go on the website and, and listen to that again. But uh, yeah, so the, the, yeah, the, the, the sense of, I wouldn't say breakthrough, but the sense of release there relief is uh, trusting that God is providential sovereign and he's responsible for our children. We're not, I mean, particularly when they become adults, we're not responsible for their, their faith, uh, their obedience that that's the Holy Spirit's work, but he still uses us in, in a marvelous way. And I, I like how you, uh, you know, you brought in the idea of listening and, and uh, letting them identify with you and your own struggles. I think that's, uh, that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah, before we move on any, anything else related to that, cause that's, uh, I think that's an important aspect of this.
1: Well, I think it's it's just key to uh, I think what you're you're about Mitch in this this podcast is inviting those within in vocational ministry to a place of greater depth and contentment with God that is not dependent on what our adult children mm-hmm. are doing or not doing mm-hmm. or others are doing or not doing. And of course, we want others and our children and to flourish and to, to 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 follow the love and the call of God on their lives, um, but we recognize that our that our um, our sense of worth and and, and our identity uh, it is not dependent on that, but mm-hmm. on encountering the deep love of God for us.
0: In in your um, your ministry, uh, what is your what what is the point where? particularly those you're working with you you feel just you're celebrating with them that okay you've you've got it uh, you know you've arrived and I, I'd like to streamline some of the points that you make on your website um, on mm-hmm. on how you do that uh, but what's the what's that moment where you feel like hey there's there's victory here they they got it
1: it doesn't happen Um all in one shot, sometimes it does. There's a key realization, like I had, I think, in yeah, 2008 Yeah, the lights
0: come, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: when I recognize I'm, I'm God's beloved son, mm-hmm. and rather than a worker, you know, um, or a minister. Um, which I am, those things, but it, the, the deeper basis and the more important foundational basis is, is our belovedness. So, um, uh, so I think oftentimes, um, Mitch, there's a realization, but now I'm, uh, that you know, you recognize those aha moments, but now I'm also recognizing the importance of spiritual practices and disciplines mm-hmm. that, and you use the word sustainability, that help to sustain our life in God. And oftentimes in the, 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 the urgency and the hurriedness of ministry, we, we, we don't take time for the formative disciplines of solitude, silence, of retreat, um, of um, there's, there's, a, there's a host of them that we yeah. tend to overlook because we're so focused on the production disciplines yeah. that help us to minister to others you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. As, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, let, let's go. You have four goals that, that you, uh, seek to apply or that are, are, kind of the, the guardrails here and not, and I'll, I'll read it and then maybe just comment on it. Uh, first mm-hmm. one is becoming our truest selves. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you have in mind there?
1: Well, I think, uh, Mitch, um, when we're younger and, and we, we, we're, still tr- we're, still, we're still finding who we are, um, we, we rightly so, I think, we, we follow the voices of others. And, and many of those voices are, are great and wonderful and godly. But um, sometimes we, we, we suddenly, you know, we well, may we'll wake up and realize, I'm not really listening to, to... you remember how, okay, let me let mm-hmm. go here. Psalm 139 says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I had this realization the other day. That's not just about our identity. That's also about our calling. God yeah, says, I yeah. fearfully and wonderfully made you for a calling that's, that's special. It's that's, mm-hmm. that's my call for you, not so-and-so's call for you or this prominent pastor, or you know what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. can easily look to, oh, the great author or the great church planner or the great pastor, and we, we end up following their vision, which God gave to them, and that was wonderful for them, but we need to listen to and pay attention to what God is calling us to. And, and so becoming our truest selves is allowing, use the word earlier, when you t- you talked about meeting with a counselor, you give yourself permission to listen to that deep inner voice mm-hmm. where God says, this is how I made you, Mitch. This is how I made you, Jamie. And it's a good thing to pursue that. Don't feel like you have to be someone else. Yeah, And yeah.
0: that lends itself to honesty and, and vulnerability, just sharing openly, uh, you know, the, the tensions there. You, you, uh, you talk about moving from a shadow of yourself to living in the, in the truest identities in, in God. And I, I love the way that uh, that's phrased. Uh, secondly, discerning purpose is your, your second goal. And uh, you talk about developing greater awareness and discernment towards ultimate contributions. What, what do you have in mind there?
1: Again, I think it's it's tied in with that first uh, piece, mm-hmm. coming our truest selves. The discernment, the practices of discernment um, are more broadly, more broad than, than just you know the discerning of spirits, the spiritual gift that's talked about in 1 Corinthians 12. But it's a way of living where we develop a habit of of slowing down, of talking with God about what's going on in our hearts and our lives on a regular basis, and then identifying some of those deep desires.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: not shutting them out because we're so busy pursuing an agenda or someone else's idea, or even it could be our idea our vision, you know, like in a local church, but we get so busy mm-hmm. and you don't take time to really listen and, uh, and and discern what is God saying? What is God calling us to? And he, this is a key thing for me, Mitch. I used to kind of suppress my desires because so often desires are associated with, with bad things, right? Like pride and mm-hmm. anger and, and lust, but you can't selectively numb desire because if you if you, mm. if you say no to those things, oftentimes what happens is you, you suppress the good desires. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the what? The desires mm. of your heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we don't recognize we're suppressing our desires. So, so discerning is, is really about how to become that discerning person that listens and pays attention to what's going on in our hearts, the feelings and the emotions. And then the voice of God saying, that's right, Jamie that's how I made you. That's where I want you to move into. And so then that gives us greater confidence and boldness and mm-hmm. joy to move into something, even in, in our, you know, in second half, when when we could be in our fifties, sixties, even seventies, some people have launched amazing new things because they just had this, this, this sense of a,
0: of a fresh call on their lives. Yeah. 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 That's, that's really good. And there's also, uh, we, we tend to think that stress and, Burdens come from being too busy and overwhelmed with so much. I, I, sometimes the opposite is true. That that can come about not having as much to do in this season in life. Uh, yes. I, you know, that's that's certainly been my my story in the last few years, from pastoring mm. to to this, and uh, I've had I've had to adjust to that, and in a lot of ways, that's been that's been really good. Uh, you did talk about growing in in spiritual practices as another goal. Um, anything you want to add mm-hmm. to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love your having um, a rich inner life with God, supported by others. So this this happens not just in solitude, but also in community.
1: Um, yes, that's right, and 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 I think um, this is something too that um, I, I think I mentioned it earlier. There are certain practices that typically we're very good in you know like um bible study quiet time prayer um meeting with others in corporate worship but um i think uh as we go through different seasons of life we we realize that there are a lot there there are a lot of spiritual practices that uh, that are deeply shaping and formative and uh that will help us to cultivate that inner life in fresh and new ways Mm -hmm. and so um um, it's not that the, the practices themselves are the life. No, they're just the trellis or the framework the framework that supports that the, inner, the the life of God in us. Um, but um, it, it's it's been amazing as I've learned to lead mm-hmm. into some of those disciplines and practices um, uh, in this uh, in my own journey.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then the last one is cultivating sustainability, uh, nurturing rhythms of reflection and action for sustainable mission life integration in the second half of life.
1: Yeah, so I think, and this has to do with, uh, you know, one of your first questions about what drives you, you realize if, if you're driven by a cause, but uh, not a deep encounter with the love of the Lord Jesus, a crisis happens and you hit the wall. Mm. Yeah, you hit the wall, and you realize just like I did, I I can't go on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not ready for the rest of my life, and 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 so then we we realize that we're, we're being called to, and and I like to say, you know, the two greatest commands are uh, love love God and love your neighbor and um, love your neighbor as yourself, and of course then that includes uh, right loving your neighbor and then yourself. But I think also, it's very clear in the scriptures, it's learning how to receive love, receive mm-hmm. the love of God, mm-hmm. and, and infresh in fresh and new ways. That's what helps to sustain us. Hearing that, that, that pronouncement on our lives, on your life, Mitch, on my life, you are my beloved son, mm-hmm. you are my beloved daughter. Yeah, I'm pleased with you. Even when we blow it, we can, we can, we can, uh, we can just simply say, okay, God. And he says, Yeah. You did. It's okay,
0: especially when we blow it. <laughs> especially when we blow it,
1: and then he hugs us. He hugs us, yeah, yeah, wherever, yeah. however you encounter God. Maybe you don't like the, like mm. the terms like that; those terms. So whatever, and and he says, "I love you." Period. I love you.
0: Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. If someone's listening and they find themselves uh, identifying with what we were talking about here, what steps would you encourage, or what would you maybe better, better yet, what would you say to them to? Uh, encourage them, uh, you know, towards a, a healthy place. Well,
1: I talked earlier about, you know, uh, storying. And so if I was with them, I would just want to know their stories. Mm. They've, got to, they've got to come to someone and just, just pour
0: out their hearts. Yeah. So find someone to tell your story. Yeah.
1: And even you, mm-hmm. Mitch,
0: mm-hmm.
1: very mature in ministry. You started last year going to a counselor because you realized this was something that would help me. And indeed it has. Because what does the counselor do? They just, okay, talk, tell me what's going on, right? They invite you to talk and it's a safe place. So finding someone who can listen to your story. And then as you articulation deepens impression. So as you have to find words and articulate what it is that you're feeling, you begin to sense, oh my gosh. For example, I have held this assumption about God my whole life and it's totally Mm. wrong. Mm. God is not a mad taskmaster. He's a loving father or whatever, Mm. you know, we say he's a loving father, but really when it comes down to it, maybe, maybe, maybe that's somebody's issue. Maybe it's something else. Um, Or there could be shame. There could be shame around something that's, it's a secret that's never been shared Mm. and they just need to, they need to, they need to pour it out before God. I was coaching someone the other day and um, this person recognized there was, there were, there were statements over this person's life that were just, um, um, you're not good enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not good enough. And just taking time to be quiet and be a safe presence alongside to listen. So I would say to that person, find someone to share your story with, and then acknowledge the pain. God is not bothered by it, right? <laughs> Psalm, mm-hmm. 37, Psalm 38 says, all my sighs lie open. All my longings lie open before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. Mm-hmm. God is not surprised or turned off mm. by that. Yeah, so open up your heart and then find the kind of community where you can, you can be very authentic and honest with each other, not in the kind of community that is trying to fix each other by, by you know, uh, formulaic sayings. Not that, that you know, um, truth like that is not shaping mm-hmm but it has to be truth that fits you yeah. and really are ready to listen to. Yeah. Right? It's supporting.
0: Yeah. Supporting, yeah. coming alongside. Yeah. yeah. So then, so those would be some things. Yeah. Say. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, listen, this has been a, a great overview of of your ministry and also, uh, you know, the reality that this is where a lot of people are in, in their uh, second, uh, phase in life. I, I, you, you, and I have both also referred it on some of our conversations to that third season as well. You know of life, mm-hmm. and uh, but it tends, it tends to happen. You know, a couple decades into ministry, it mm-hmm. often happens in our late forties, early fifties. That's when mm-hmm. you know we're asking a lot of these questions. Uh, so I, you know, we I hope people listen to this and and act on it. I, I think it's very practical. Um, again, finding people talking to us, we'll put your your website uh, information on. But real real quick, what is your website? I'll have that on the uh, well, online the, as well. Sure. So
1: the Second Half Collaborative, which is this this cohort that I, I described for international workers, is um, www2 two h c dot life. And um, even if you're not a mission worker and you want to just yeah you know subscribe yeah. to receive 2hc news yeah. and, and kind of perspectives on the second half of life yeah um go, go, go for it
0: yeah yeah we were asked before uh, we hit record you asked me who my audience is and i i said it's people in ministry and people who love ministry
1: mm-hmm. or love
0: love their pastor love their missionaries that mm-hmm. they're supporting and so yeah, yeah. I, I encourage people that um I mean, if you, if you love the Lord and you love people that are serving and you're serving yourself uh, in in the kingdom, this, this sort of thing can be helpful for everyone. So, well, great, great conversation, Jamie. And it is, it is so good to catch up with you again. And, uh, you, you look a lot younger than I look right now. You've, you've kept your (laughs) hair, which makes a big difference, but, uh, really, uh, really appreciate our, uh, igniting this friendship again. It's been awesome.
1: Thank you so much, Finch. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. All right. You have a good day.
1: Okay. You too.
0: Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Before You Quit podcast. If you have anything that you want to comment on or questions that you might have about this episode or any others, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. And you can also go to that website and check out uh, 86 podcasts that I've done now uh, just in the last four years. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all of that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged.